Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Gamer Girl podcast. I am Liz, the Healthy Gamer Girl, and this is episode 5. Very exciting. Uh, Also exciting is that I am now on Stitcher, so you might be listening from iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or SoundCloud, just everywhere. It's so exciting. No, I said exciting like four times. Anyway, um, the caveat, of course, is that I am not a doctor and this podcast is not to be meant is not meant to be taken as medical advice, but rather is informational in nature. Please always consult with your physician before beginning any new diet or health regimen. So today, I will be talking about sleep. Um, And mostly because sleep is something that is very near and dear to me. I definitely don't sleep enough. I have to take a lot of naps because of it. Um, It also means that this week I haven't even gotten to play anything. I just come home from work and I'm a zombie and I just pass out and I do the same thing, get up in the morning, do it all over again. But anyway, I'm not alone in this. The majority of the population, and by this I mean most people between the ages of 13 and 55, require between 8 and 10 hours of sleep. Now you should probably just like think about that in relation to how much sleep you actually get every night because if it's like me, it's definitely not close to that. I clock in around six to seven hours a night. I mean, it's not that bad, but I would like more. Um, Over the past 50 years, self-reported sleep time. So basically they did this study where they asked all these people, and they did this in 1960, how much sleep they got every night. And it was about eight hours a night. And now every year they ask people, they do the same study. And right now we're at about six and a half hours per night per night, which is sad because sleep is awesome. Um, It's also a self-reported study, so it might not be the most accurate, but it's still, it's it's what we feel like we're getting, I guess. And it's kind of not okay. It's like your mom was right. You do need to put that book down and go to sleep. Well, that might have just been me. Anyway, um, sleep is crucial to your physical well-being, so like your body, your muscles, and your immune system, your mental well-being, that's like your cognitive skills, your decision-making ability, your emotional well-being, which like you probably have noticed, that's your moods, how cranky you are when you don't get enough sleep, and your social well-being, and that's your relationships with your partner and your friends, your family, that kind of thing. First, we we can talk about the physical well-being aspect of things. And this is a pretty basic symptom of not getting enough sleep. It's you just feel bad. I mean, physically, you don't feel as great. You like wake up and you have to pull your body out. It feels like you're coming out of quicksand. Your muscles didn't repair properly. So maybe you're sore in weird places. Your immune system's going to function at a far less than stellar rate. So you're going to get sick easier. And your hormones are going to become all dysregulated. There was one sleep deprivation study done where patients were only allowed to sleep for four hours a night for six nights in a row, which sounds awful. These people showed a 30% reduction in thyroid-stimulating hormone. Now, your thyroid regulates body temperature and your body's metabolism, so that's like breaking down and utilizing food, but it also regulates the metabolism of, or like function of every cell in your body. So if your thyroid slows down, your whole body slows down. Now a 30% reduction rate in thyroid stimulating hormone. Now thyroid, THS is thyroid stimulating hormone. It's basically what it, it does what it says it does. It's, 
it's a hormone that stimulates your thyroid to function. So when there's a 30% reduction in that, that means that your thyroid is also functioning at a reduced rate. It means that your metabolism slows down. So you break down food at a slower rate. It means that this, your cells' metabolisms slow down. So everything just kind of goes slower. You might gain weight, be exhausted. You're going to, like, they actually, some people with severely compromised thyroids will lose their hair. Your skin texture changes. Your voice changes. You feel cold all the time. Um, if you have all of these symptoms or any of these symptoms, it might not be a bad idea to talk to your doctor about your thyroid. Of course, I mean, this is just one of many things that could cause that, but definitely look into it if you know you don't sleep a lot or if you just have these symptoms in general. So these poor participants who were totally sleep deprived and showed all this reduced thyroid function, they were then allowed at the end of the study, well, I guess the second half of this study, to get 12 hours of sleep a night for six days. And they, this was the restorative sleep. This was getting them back to a normal place, is that 12 hours a night, which honestly sounds awesome. And once they, once they did that, once they slept all this time, this study did show that their thyroid function returned to normal, which is great. That means that if you don't sleep enough, there's a chance that you can recoup from that. You can just kind of sleep a lot and then feel better and your body in theory can recover. It's one reason your body is so awesome. It's one of many. So during the same study, and this is again four hours of sleep a night for six nights in a row, uh, patients or participants rather showed a decrease in leptin, which is a hormone that tells you more or less that you're full, and an increase in ghrelin, which is another hormone that stimulates your ap appetite. Now, the, these levels that they were demonstrating were akin to levels that a person in a famine state would experience. So these, these participants were eating plenty and they weren't in a famine state, but because they were in a state of sleep deprivation, their hormone levels made them their bodies think it was a famine state. So they were way hungrier than normal and their bodies were signal, signaling them to eat more. This could potentially lead to weight gain, especially over time. And granted, this was a really extreme study. Four hours of sleep a night is definitely, I think if you asked anyone, they would say that four hours of sleep a night is sleep deprivation, like full on. And I mean, you can't necessarily jump to these conclusions and say, well, oh, if I only sleep seven hours a night... I'm going to have such a screwed up metabolism and I'm going to gain weight. Like that might not totally be true. But other studies where they um, only required six and, or were six and a half hours of sleep was like the nightly quota for participants showed the same results just to a lesser degree. So even though you might not be demonstrating these same extreme results, like not sleeping enough, could very well be leading to an increase in this in ghrelin, the appetite hormone, and a decrease in leptin, which kind of regulates, helps to regulate appetite and tell you when you're full. There are also studies that have shown sleep deprivation can lead to a decrease in glucose sensitivity or like sugar sensitivity. So that is one precursor to type 2 diabetes, which is never, never a good thing. Um, and again, like nothing conclusive, it's 
it's difficult to say because these are all I'll link to the studies in the show notes, but studies aren't necessarily showing causation. A lot of the time it's correlative. So even though these things might be coinciding, they don't necessarily mean that A causes B. So it's like sleep deprivation might not necessarily be the thing causing um, these, this hormone imbalance, but I mean, it, it's a pretty clear study that sleep deprivation does create an environment where that happens. Um, another symptom, or not really symptom, but more like physical effects of not sleeping enough are like premature aging and wrinkles and your like puffy eyes and sallow skin. Just like, you know, the general things where you don't sleep enough and you look in the mirror when you wake up and you're like, oh Lord, got to drink some coffee and try to reverse this. But it never quite does. It's like when people are like, are you okay? You want to be like, yeah, I'm fine. These dark circles are a fashion choice. But those are, honestly, I almost think lesser symptoms than like the greater things going on with your hormones and all of your, uh, I guess, like endocrine system, which is your thyroid. It's crazy. There's so much. So very closely related to your physical well-being is your mental well-being. And you're probably pretty aware of the effects of sleep deprivation on like mental clarity and just your like, cognitive abilities. Like, I'm sure you've taken a test on a super small amount of sleep after spent, having spent, like, 12 hours cramming and excessive amounts of studying that seemed, at the time, like, a much better option than, like, actually going to class and studying, like, in pieces over the semester. And you found the results of that to be, like, less than optimal. And maybe you haven't. I don't know. You're very lucky if that's the case. But I feel like most of us have experienced that and realize that like, oh, maybe not sleeping so much was not a great idea. Who knows? There are studies, though, that do show that this is true and that sleep deprivation does lead to lower alertness and concentration, as well as a slowed thought process and impaired judgment, which, I mean, kind of problematic, especially if you want to be on top of your game. Like, I know that when I'm tired, like I was saying this week, I've been so tired, I literally can't even play Play, like play video games or log on to my character on Warcraft. <laughs> I can't say character like there's one. But it's it's kind of pathetic but true. I mean, when I don't sleep enough, I can't even muster the mental energy to sit there and do garrison tasks and just translate that to like it being raid night or being in an arena and people <laughs> yelling at you because you're just super slow. Um in addition to, like, impaired judgment, it's also delayed reaction time. So, I mean, like, real-world problems. It's dangerous to drive. It is dangerous to operate heavy machinery and all of those other medicine bottle label warnings. Like, very dangerous real-world impact. Virtually kind of annoying for the rest of your guild or your party <laughs> or yourself if you just want to have a good time and you find yourself not being able to remember your key bindings on your crazy mouse with 13 different keys. Um, so basically sleep is super crucial for your brain. Another way that sleep is incredibly important for brain function is just like your brain being cleaned. Like we're all probably pretty aware that your brain doesn't shut off. Like even when you're sleeping, it's still active. You're still dreaming. You're still working out all of these things, which is 
another very important aspect of sleep, but so is your brain being able to be cleaned. And there is this TED Talk that's so cool by this guy named Jeffrey Illith. And I'll link to that in the show notes because it's definitely worth watching. It's only 11 minutes, totally worth your time. And he talks about what happens in your brain during sleep in terms of like house cleaning, essentially. And he he demonstrates or he shows all of the, this, um, I guess, research that kind of likens the system of like fluid channels in your brain to your lymphatic system in your body. So your lymphatic system helps your cells clear waste. So like cell metabolism naturally produces all of these byproducts and your lymphatic system helps clear it out. In your brain, there is no lymphatic system and he posits that, well, I guess he's not really positing. He shows this research which posits that there are channels where this, like, brain fluid, we'll call it, cleans out all of your brain's cell waste at night. And that's, like, a huge part of sleeping. And a lot of this research demonstrates that a lack of sleep causes a buildup of this waste, which can lead to neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's. And I don't know about you, but Alzheimer's is super scary to me. So I think that that's a pretty compelling reason to sleep more. And again, that is a TED Talk by Jeffrey Illiff, and I'm going to link it in the show notes because it is absolutely like beyond compelling. It's fabulous. So another sort of, I guess, benefit of sleep is your emotional well-being. And contrary, or not really contrary, but if you don't sleep enough, Like, what happens emotionally? And like I mentioned earlier, we are all a little cranky. Like, you can't deny it. You know you're cranky if you don't get enough sleep. I'm cranky if I don't get enough sleep. Cranky and super whiny and probably in a very unattractive and annoying way. It's just true. Like, not ashamed. It's just what happens to people. But anecdotally speaking, that's what happens. And in studies, like in a scholarly manner, there are studies that show links between sleep deprivation depression, ADHD, anxiety disorders, bipolar disorder, and other mood disorders. And this is um, studies out of the Harvard School of Public Health. It has Harvard in it, so I tend to think they know what they're talking about. And again, that will be linked in the show notes. But that's kind of critical. I mean, there are a lot of mood disorders and anxiety, and it seems like everyone has ADHD these days. And we have, as a society been slowly decreasing the amount of sleep we get I'm not saying that there's like a connection because this is clearly just me like a beautiful minding to random points on a map but like who knows maybe maybe these things are connected and it's all very closely related it's like increased stress decreased sleep terrible diet we're just slowly like destroying ourselves All right, anyway, enough of that dystopian fun for you. Uh, The last thing I will talk about in terms of, like, the effects of not sleeping enough is your social well-being. And this is your relationship, as I said before. It's your relationships. So your friends, your family, um, your partner. And this, again, it goes back to kind of, like, your emotional state and your mood because you're going to be super cranky. You might fight more. Um, They actually have done studies which show that couples who sleep or get enough sleep fight less. Like I think it's like they fight like a third less, which is kind of impressive. 
And who knows, like maybe the quality of the fights are better, I guess, when you sleep more. I mean, supposedly your clarity, your mental clarity and uh, your quickness is improved. So I guess they're more interesting when you sleep enough. Um, and interestingly, there was a study that showed that one in four couples claim they sleep better alone. But there are, um, but studies show that the um, effects of sleeping next to a person, like sleeping closely with someone, the psychological effects of that actually outweigh any physical effects that might come from like a reduced quality, if that makes sense. So, you know, a lot of people complain sleeping with their partner that the sleep quality just isn't as good. But I guess these studies are showing that um, the psychological effects kind of trump that. And I'll, I'll link to that too. I'm actually also going to link to this really fun BuzzFeed article. It was like 18 infographics or charts to help you sleep better, which I just saw this morning. It's kind of cool. Um, just basically lots of charts on like sleeping positions and like different ways to kind of calm your mind, which is neat. And also a good lead-in to what we're going to talk about now. So it's like after all that fatalistic, like you're going to die if you don't sleep properly, which... I mean, it is true in the long run and actually kind of cool, but um, apparently like while you can, you could, apparently you can live much longer without food or water than you can without sleep. So I think it's like two weeks for food. And then like, so if you, if you're starving for two weeks, you will die. Whereas um, with sleep, it's like 10 days. So 10 days of sleep deprivation. And I mean, like, I imagine that there's some wiggle room in there. I don't think it's like a an automatic like at midnight on the 10th day you just turn to dust but interesting nonetheless anyway what can you do to not have that happy conclusion or unhappy conclusion as it were so everyone always says to minimize blue light and blue light is your computer screens your phone your ipod your television pretty much anything that you like to use um there's this app called flux and i know you can download it for your mac probably PC by now too. Um, and I don't know, I actually haven't bothered to download it for my PC. But you can download it for Mac and um, you can use it on like a jailbroken phone, but I, but there is no version yet that lets you just use it on your like happy Apple phone. But what it does is it kind of puts like a yellow cast over your screen depending on what time of night it is. So it tries to eliminate like the blue wavelengths and cause like a more natural hormonal like a cycle I guess and help you sleep better it's kind of interesting honestly um you kind of don't notice that's happening if you're just browsing your computer it'll just slowly start turning more yellow and yellow and yellow and then at one point you're like oh my screen looks very different um I don't actually know if it helps me sleep better but I use it sometimes um Another thing is I really like white noise apps and I have linked one of those as well. And I oftentimes watch like YouTube meditation videos to fall asleep. And I know this goes completely against like all the advice of like not looking at screens. But what I try to do is like, um, like I guess queue up a video or a little playlist and then I just turn off the screen or I turn down the brightness completely and like use headphones and hope it kind of lulls me to sleep or at least like enough of a sleep state. Um, 
Yeah, basically just search for whatever meditation videos make you happy because I feel like that's something very personal. Like it's so subjective. Um, another thing I've been trying lately is not using my phone. I'm sure if you're like me, you keep your phone by your bed because it's your alarm. And a product of this is that every time you wake up, you tend to look at your phone. So like if you get up in the middle of the night to pee, you look at your phone and that can kind of impair your sleep ability. It can prevent you from falling back asleep. If you get a really annoying text message that you then feel compelled to respond to or that stresses you out, that like obviously can ruin your night. Um, so I've been trying to keep my phone away from me and use like an alarm clock or like, I know it's weird, like an actual alarm clock to wake up. Alternatively, like you could try to put your phone on airplane and then just use it strictly as an alarm try to train yourself out of checking it or just honestly like use self-control and try to train, your, train yourself out of checking it but I can't manage that at all so I don't expect anyone else to. Um, another thing is just like an actual white noise machine instead of just apps. I think that can be helpful because if you live in a busy area and there's a lot of noise from your neighbors you might find it difficult to sleep. Traffic also, alarms, that kind of thing. Not pleasant. So I really like having it's like the sound of gentle rain. <laughs> Seriously, it's great. Um, and finally, just making sure the room is dark. I know that for me, oftentimes, if I'm not completely exhausted, any type of light will keep me up. So it's like even like electronic lights. So like if I don't turn my computer off and I just turn the display off and it's on the other side of the room, like I will see that light for the power button and I'm... It, it keeps me up and I know that's insane that's crazy talk but even just turning off those small light sources it gives my brain like one less thing to focus on so that it can get back to sleeping um those are like just kind of basic tips that I guess everybody's probably pretty accustomed to more advice I would say is just don't schedule yourself for like computer related activities later at night I've been trying lately to do all of my gaming before like eight o'clock so that like I'm done at least by 8.30 and can start getting myself to bed. And that's actually been pretty helpful. I find that if I'm not just attached to my computer that late at night, my body just shuts down faster. And I don't know, maybe I'm just imagining that, but I'd like to think that it's, it's doing me some good there so I guess that's what I would recommend. Um, again, I'll make I'll link everything in the show notes, and you can check those out at healthygamergirl.com/slash/shownotes. Again, that's healthygamergirl.com/forward/slash/shownotes, and those their links will be there to all of those studies, to um, that awesome TED talk, TED talk, if I could talk, um, and also those like fun infographics and. Granted, infographics aren't necessarily hard science, but they're always they always stick with me a little bit better than like reading an article, just so visual. And if you have any advice or tips or you want to leave a comment, you can leave a review. I would love to hear that. If you have any feedback, you can always contact me 
go to, it's Liz at HealthyGamerGirl.com. You can also go to HealthyGamerGirl.com and like email me from there and I will be happy to answer you maybe on the podcast even. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this at least gave you some motivation to sleep more because it is so important. You just feel so much better having slept. And I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you and see you next time.